Welcome to the Salons by JC podcast, your guide to sweet success. I'm Mona, your host, here to provide you with inspiration and empowerment through great stories, business and marketing tips, and so much more, all to support your independent beauty professional needs. On the Salons by JC podcast, you'll get some amazing guidance from other salon suite owners, franchisees, our Salons by JC partners, industry experts, and thought leaders. At Salons by JC, you're on your own, but never alone. On our BLM 52 Spotlight, special guest, Steve Griffey, president of Salons by JC. Steve has been involved with Salons by JC since 2002 as part of the corporate store growth plan. Steve was a key player developing the current franchise model as president of JNC Real Estate. He sets the direction and tone for all franchise related activities. Steve earned his Bachelor's of Arts degree in Communication and Public Relations from the University of Texas at San Antonio. He's here to talk to us today about the BLM 52 project and some other things that you'll be interested in as well. Lean in, introducing Mr. Steve Griffey. Hi, Steve, and thank you for joining me on the podcast. I am excited because I've looked forward to the opportunity to interview you, of course, and I'm sure the audience has been waiting to hear from the corporate team as well. So again, welcome. Well, thank you. I'm excited to do this. It sounds like uh, the podcast has got a growing audience because of all of your hard work, and uh, I'm honored to be on it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So we really want to talk about BLM 52, the initiative. But before we get into BLM 52, can you just give us a glimpse of who you are and your overall vision for Salons by JC? Yeah, it's a a good question um, that we get often. Um, I think that we're unique in our world. Um, you know, in the salon suite world, for sure, because of the vision and mission uh, that we've had for the for our business since the founders, um, since Jack and Cecil started the company. You know, they have a customer service background, and so that's always been integral to everything that we've done. I mean, we have we're one of the only um, salon suites in the country that has a full time concierge, and so for us, it's always been. And because we also, you know, our company was founded by my dad, Jack and Cecil, and, and with an idea that they had seen previously because my stepmom was a hairdresser and it was in a similar concept. It didn't have any customer service. So when we started the company, it was with the idea that we were gonna bring that element of customer service to the salon suite industry and just go deeper with it as a, as a differentiator. And mm-hmm. you know our passion for, we call them suite owners, um, because we we want to recognize the people that we lease rooms to um, for what they really are, which they're business owners. Um, they're more than just a tenant to us. Um, 
So we continue to try to go deeper in that. We can't really teach people how to do hair better is what I tell folks, but we can certainly help them hone and improve their business skills, which is a big part of what you do, Mona, um, helping folks get connected to training that's going to hone their business skills because that's not one of the big areas of focus when folks go to beauty school. Um, so we feel like we can come alongside them and really improve that part of their business and change their lives. You know, um, one of the things with salon fundamentals, when we have our franchise owners come for training is we tell them often that, you know, we, the folks that come to us, um, we want to treat them probably better than anyone ever has in their life, including their family. Um, so we really want to come alongside them and give them a, a, an incredible experience and not just leave them a room and walk away. That's, that's not who we are. Awesome. I love that, Steve. And so kind of moving through that awesome um, statement of vision for, for Salons by JC, we know that COVID-19 and of course, the racial unrest has painted quite a picture in our country in the last six months or so. What are your thoughts about that as it relates to Salons by JC and the vision and mission? And then I want to talk to you about, of course, the BLM 52 initiative. Yeah, that's, uh, those are some big, big topics right there. Um, <laughs> COVID, obviously, taking that first, um, since that seemed to be one of the first things that kind of came up in 2020, um, was a shock. I, and as I tell people often, I said, it's, a, it's the hardest thing in business that I've ever been through. And we've been through recessions. You know, we've been through starting the company and been through starting the franchise company and learning how to scale all that and all the different complexities that go with it, but COVID was a shock. I mean, that was overnight. You went from, you know, how, how is this going to affect us? What is it? To all of a sudden, we're shut down across the country. Um, and then we all kind of had this shared idea of the shutdown was going to be, okay, let's shut down. Let's get the virus to a manageable level. And then let's open back up responsibly, have great testing and have great contact tracing and we can live with COVID and manage our way through it. And then a lot of governments kind of moved the, the goal line and changed it to, we're gonna to try to use the quarantine to completely eradicate the virus, which was never gonna happen. Um, you know, and a lot of people wanna malign the United States compared to other countries, but this is, a, this is, you know, 50 states spread across a large area. We have a national government that has some power. We have state governments that have power. We have local governments that have power. Um, and they all have abilities to kind of craft and do what's right for their community. So it was never going to be the United States has solved the COVID issue. It's always going to be local. Um, so even in this moment, you know, I think we, the United States in general gets a lot of uh, bad press national you know internationally um but this is also a lot more complex problem and and one of my friends that the doctor keeps reminding me is that covid is not going away um we have to learn to you know live with it um and, and it's really an exercise in behavior modification um you can't legislate your way through it or quarantine your way through it you have to get people on board to kind of change the way that they do life for a moment until we can figure out a vaccine or we can get some sort of herd immunity or whatever it may be. But shutting government, shutting states and cities and municipalities down for, you know, 
an indefinite amount of time, six months, a year, is absolutely unsustainable. It doesn't work for the hospitals either, um, frankly. So um, it's it's tough. And, and I feel really bad um, for our suite owners because they only make money when they're in those rooms working. Um, and there's not a real clear path to getting government assistance, although we have seen some PPP money come through, but the multiplier they use makes it, you know, it's not really a, a serious needle mover for a lot of them. And it's also a very difficult path for somebody that's a suite owner, although we've we've done some stuff to try to help them with that part of it. It's still, it's, it's, it's a tough process. And, you know, anytime government gets involved with things like that, it's, it's messy. Um, and I really feel for our sweet owners because it's it's tough and, and they're and they're small business owners, which is the lifeblood of our country. And it always will be. Um, and they it's hard to have a voice um, in this moment. So they're they're kind of left to the devices of whatever the national or state or local government is. And we still have places like California where they're still shut down. Um, we have franchisees um, that have never reopened. They've been shut down for six months and there's still no line of sight to when it's going to reopen. Um, and it's really sad and it's devastating. Um, and, and, you know, my heart goes out to those people. And California has said, OK, well, salons, you can open back up. You just have to move it to the parking lot, which is um, I think that that's revealing of how people see our industry. And it's really, really sad, um, especially because, and as we get into this, the, the racial part of this, um, salons service a much higher minority group than what you would see in the country. We have a lot of people from the LBTQ community. We have a lot of people that are in higher percentages from that are African-American or Asian or Hispanic or Indian than you see in the general population. And they're already disadvantaged systemically because of a lot of different things. Um, and this is just another way to really make life harder on them. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me that COVID happens and then all of a sudden we move into this, the racial unrest that we've had in the country. And it's really, um, it's especially hard. But the positive part about it is, and the great thing about the United States, and even in this moment where it feels like the American dream is kind of broken, mm -hmm. the great thing about our country is that these sins of our country just never go unchecked. We we always seem, even when we don't have great politicians and things maybe aren't happening in, in your state or your municipality or, or nationally, um, from a political perspective, that's great. Socially, we just keep moving forward and we keep pushing the boundaries. And that's the great part about the racial unrest is that we're realizing that there's a group of people in our country that are just, they don't have the same opportunities. Um, and they're not being treated the same. And we have to recognize that. And we can't just ignore it. Um, so the racial unrest is hard. Um, and some of it has been destructive, um, kind of unnecessarily, and takes away from the greater movement. Um, and we've seen that we've seen salons that have been looted, such as our Minneapolis uh, Uptown store, where um, just just great devastation to a group of people that are already, you know, largely in the minority. Um, and they just, they just continue to suffer these injustices. And um, it's sad, it's hard to work your way through, but I'm hopeful that like we've always seen whenever we have these periods of unrest, that there's just great growth and blessing that happens after it. And, and I think we'll see that again, you know, it's, it's hard now, but I'm hopeful 
I'm hopeful for the future for sure. And then, you know, COVID in general, you know, the, the, the thing that has been uh, interesting to see is the kind of that great migration of people that realize, you know, okay, maybe I can go out on my own and have better control of my future by moving into a salon suite where I can control the environment and how I function and how I'm safe and not be subjected to your traditional open floor salon, which is a little bit harder to manage in this moment. So from a salon suite perspective, it's a good thing that we have the ability to help folks take control of their business and be safe and do it in a way where they can continue to work and, and make money and be safe. And, 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 and frankly, their customers too, because we've seen that like with COVID, it was hard because the quarantines and then when it was over, the quarantines were largely over. The salons were really busy, but then we saw the COVID cases spike and everybody got scared and people are still reluctant to kind of go out and do things. But one thing that's been universal, and I talked to salon suite owners across the country from all brands and all walks and all shapes and sizes, we are not seeing massive outbreak within our salons. It's just not happening. And it's not surprising to me because all these beauty professionals go to school and a large part of what they learn is sanitation and how to be safe. These are professionals. These are, these are educated people that know how to be safe and be sanitary and run their business in a way that you can come and get services done, even in the moments of a viral outbreak and still be very safe doing it. And it's proved itself out. You hear stories all the time where even in, in traditional salons, I think that one of the big stories that what was that happened in Utah where there was couple of um, hairdressers that were diagnosed with COVID the day after they had been working and saw combined over 100 clients and none of their clients got COVID because they were safe and they worked safe. And, and I think we can do that and we can we can live with COVID um, for now. We, we pray and hope that we get past it sooner than later so that we can go back to something more normal. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the racial unrest will continue, I think, until we start to really see some systemic changes, which some of that's way more complicated than I'm able to wrap my brain around. But we certainly, uh, and we'll get more into the BLM 52 movement, but I think that we do have a responsibility since we do serve such a large minority group that's much higher than what the normal population is. So effect that you give those salon suite owners, those business owners right off the bat, not just calling them tenants, but they are really truly business owners. And again, I'm just honored to be a um, business coach for Salons by JC. Like I always say, it's a full circle moment for me. I feel like I'm at home. I'm like, really? I get paid to do this? <laughs> Absolutely love it. So thank you for um, welcoming me in with the uh, corporate team. I have enjoyed every bit of it. I love what you were saying about the overall support. Again, the respect that uh, you give the salon professionals at Salons by JC. And we are, and I say we because I'm proud to be a licensed cosmetologist. I always say once a Cosmo, always a Cosmo. I'm super proud to be a part of this industry. Um, this creative and intelligent people, like you said, have they've been trained on sanitation and disinfection practices from day one of beauty college. So we know what to do in the midst of COVID-19 and we're just turning, up, turning it up a bit so that we make sure that we are safe and we're keeping others safe. But it's, it's so ironic that 
during this major societal change uh, during COVID-19 and the racial turmoil and tension ensued, it was like a gut punch to particularly the African-American and Black community. And um, you were talking, as you were talking, I was reminded of a quote, and I'm not sure who said it, but I wrote it down to remember it. And it said, when needs are unmet, inward depression happens, then outward anger follows. So when you were talking about the unnecessary looting and destruction that caused so much devastation in and of itself, and I'm certainly not condoning it, but somehow trying to understand it as a result of the unmet needs of of so many um, African-American and Black families that had to go through uh, so much devastation and loss. And so, you know, those unmet needs are kind of like waiting for justice and answers in so many ways. But then when those, when that justice and answers, they don't come, then the anger comes. And so it's kind of a vicious cycle. And, but I'm just so glad that at Salons by JC, um, we can have a conversation because this warrants a conversation and we're not afraid um, to have a good conversation around awareness and education. And of course, like you said, that great hope for the future. How has the tension from both COVID-19 and the racial unrest affected the mission, if any, if it has, um, of Salons by JC from your perspective? Well, I think that the, um, one thing's been clear, um, our mission of customer service um, has really been, um, I think, center stage for us in this moment of COVID because it's really hard to have a salon suite where you don't have a gatekeeper that can really make sure that all those little things that the different municipalities and states are requiring um, happen to be safe from COVID. Um, if you don't have somebody up at the front, like our full-time concierge that's up there to make sure the doors are locked and the people that are coming in are checking in at the front, they're getting their temperature checked, they have to wear a mask, their, their um, suite owner has to come up and meet them. They can't wait in the hallways. They're wiping down all of the high traffic, high touch surfaces. I mean, to me, it just it just reinforces the idea that, you know, it's it's not good enough to just have a building that you know, people just go into the rooms and they do their own thing and there's no one there to really kind of manage it. Um, and I don't mean manage the people, but I mean manage the facility and the flow and all that stuff. So I think... Um, in that regard, it's really highlighted the importance of the customer service piece, and that's been good. Um, the tension piece of it um, is still to be determined. You know, I think there's expectations that folks have of us to, you know, where they can have a voice um, and that Salons by JC wouldn't be silent in this moment. Um, I mean, we're not trying to be political because we, we definitely want to stay away from that because it's too, it's just... It's just too, it's too, I don't know. I mean, that, the, the politics of our country right now is so complicated and divisive. We just, we're better off to stay away from that. But that doesn't mean that we can't recognize that there's issues with race within our country. And, and then that kind of leads us to what BLM 52 is all about. 
Yes, BLM 52. Um, we, as a corporate team under your direction, created BLM 52 initiative. So I'm sure that there are many questions about the goal of this project and the direction that we're going. And um, as you've said from the start, you wanted to raise awareness and not politicize this project to ensure that the Salons by JC community is involved in the success of it, and most importantly, in a positive and effective way. So can you elaborate on the project? Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, when all of the racial unrest unfolded and we saw the, you know, the different murders, um, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, others that, that have happened and continue to happen, um, and the idea that people were really crying out that, hey, our, our lives matter, Black lives matter. And it doesn't mean that um, other people's lives, white lives or Asian lives, or Hispanic, any lives matter. It, it just means in this moment, there's a community of people in our country that are hurting and they want to know that they matter. And we want to be supportive of that because we, we know they matter. And so BLM 52, we didn't want it to be a moment. There was that time in the country where it was like, hey, do you support BLM or do you not? And if you don't, then there's going to be some uh, backlash on your social media or whatever it may be. Um, so there was pressure that way. And I think some companies responded in a moment um, and said, yeah, we support BLM. You know, it's, it's important to us. And then it went away. We didn't want it to go away. We want to keep that message of Black Lives Matter in front of people, not just for the day or a week or a month, but 52 weeks of it, at least, right? And um, when I talk to you about it, you know, obviously you're African-American and you have responsibility to your community. And it was a huge weight to put on your shoulder to say, hey, this is what my vision for it is. Is this something that you feel like we can execute on? And to your credit, you've been fabulous. I mean, it, and it wasn't just um, to put something up that said, "Be up, you know, Black Lives Matter every week." It was like, let's take it a different direction. Let's stay, steer away from the politics of it, and let's just take that idea of Black Lives Matter and highlight the positive and the historical that maybe people don't realize are out there because we all kind of go off to our own corners of the world. The white communities get whiter, the black communities get blacker, and everybody's off in their own corners. And no one's really being intentional about trying to reach out um, or expose themselves to something that would be different than what they have in their own communities. So this, um, for us, was an opportunity for our, our Salons by JC community and our suite owners across the country um, to see and be involved in uh, that message of positivity and just like, hey, this Black Lives Matter and, and here's some stories of people that we serve um, and their success and how Black Lives Matter to them, and how they've been affected by some of this racial unrest that we have in our country um, and really give them a voice, you know? And I think about like my daughter who, when she was looking at colleges, um, even recently because of Black Lives Matter, she would go to their and this is so foreign to many of us, but she would go to their Instagram pages and say, okay, how is this university addressing Black Lives Matter? Um, because she was trying to figure out the real culture and the heart of the university that she was going to be committing to. Um, and frankly, she saw some things that were really pretty eye-opening and sad. 
And I thought about that as it relates to us and all the people that we serve. And we know that if the, you know, if the country's 13% African-American, we probably have at least 25% population within our salons of suite owners that are African-American. So a much higher percentage. So we really need to have something in social media that says, hey, Black Lives Matter is not just for a day, but for a long time. And it needs to show that we're serious about it and that we need to have credibility within our community that we take seriously this moment. And it's not just, you know, hey, we're trying to check a box like every other country or every other uh, company in the country. So, Kudos to you and kudos to your daughter and that story that you shared about how she is looking for a college that speaks to her about what's going on today and the relevancy of it. Of course, kudos to her mom and dad. You guys raised her well. That's good. I love that. Absolutely love that. Be determined, Mona, for sure. Uh, you know, the, the jury's still out on that part of it. But no, I, I appreciate yeah. that. And, and I think where my gifting has always been is to just try to set a direction and then have great people that can really execute and you fit well into that. I mean, it didn't take a lot of prompting for you to run with it and put a great calendar together about what this year is going to look like. And I think if folks are tagged into our Instagram and our Facebook, they're going to see some really incredible stuff. That'll be eye-opening and, and fun. Um, and, and the fact that we get to bring our sweet owners from across the country along for the ride and get to highlight them and hear their stories is 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 exciting for me. It's, it's great. Oh, me too. Super excited. I'm already looking beyond, not that I want to get past the BLM 52 initiative because I know that's going to be so rich and vast. And so I'm already vested in that, but I'm looking beyond because I'm kind of calling myself a visionary. Like, what else are we going to do after BLM 52? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Because yes. I think it starts with leadership. And um, when when the leaders like yourself and the others are willing, man, we can really make a footprint and really change the trajectory of our world in general, just in our little space, you know. So I'm super excited. Uh, and again, really thank you for that, for just um, kind of saying, okay, let's do it. And are you in? And I'm like, yeah, man, let's move on and let's see what else we can create of this. So um, the possibilities are endless. And I think everyone is really uh, excited to see what's next. But can you speak directly to the Salons by JC community at this point, like the whole tribe? What advice could you give about facing fear of not only these unprecedented times we hear all the time, but these unpredictable times we live in today. Sure, things are going to be different. They're never going to go back to necessarily the way they were exactly. Things are just going to be different going forward. And there, there's some fear and apprehension. I say fear for lack of a better word, but apprehension, maybe caution. Uh, can you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, that's... Um... Obviously, everybody's dealing with some level of fear and uncertainty, um, and a lot of it is stuff that's out of our control. We can't control this virus as much as we've tried to um, in a lot of places. It's it's you, you can't control it. It's going to be what it's going to be, and we and we have to be careful. And obviously, the behavior modification stuff that we talked about. But from a fear perspective, and I see this in my my own family at home. Um, you can let fear and you can feed it you can you can feed fear by the stuff you read 
stuff you watch on TV, and it can paralyze you. It can absolutely paralyze you, and it's real. And it's scary to see that happen to people. And sometimes you just have to unplug, and you have to just focus on the things that you can really control um, and just kind of put one foot in front of the other as far as every day I'm going to do something to, you know, work safer, work smarter, continue to move my business forward, continue to do all the little things. And you'll look up in a week or months or years and you've made progress. Um, but if you let yourself and your mind just get paralyzed by the fear, we know what happens when people get paralyzed by fear. They're paralyzed. They, they do nothing. Um, it, it starts to uh, affect everything about them, not only how they behave and, or the things they do or they don't do, but it starts to affect just their mindset and the depression and the sadness and all the terrible things that come with letting yourself be paralyzed by fear and um you just have to unplug um, for sure. And, and, you know, that's my counsel to everybody. I mean, I've had to really limit when the COVID, you know, when the quarantine started, it was like I couldn't find enough stuff on the Internet or TV to watch or read or learn. So I was trying to understand it. Um, but the more that I read and the more that I learned and the more that I kind of ingested as far as media, I, I could feel the just dread and the fear and the depression starting to creep in. And I really I wasn't really any smarter about anything because the only thing that we know about COVID-19 that's certain and universal is that we don't know everything about it. Um, right. And even one person may say that definitively X, but then we find out that maybe that's not the case or there's 10 or 15 other people that would reject that. So, um, again, I just had to push that stuff aside, focus on the things that we can control um, and just try to remain positive and, and, and put one foot in front of the other, you know, and just really choose wisely um, the kind of media that you do ingest. And I think things like a podcast like yours and the great stuff that you put out is a great way to focus on some really positive stuff, especially in this moment. You know, if you're a sweet owner and you're trying to you know, figure out something to put your time into that could value, that could create value for you. There's so many great tools that we are, that you have created, that you're continuing to create where they could put their time into that can change their outcomes dramatically. Um, and that's fun. That's stuff that makes you a better person. And that's what's great about the sweet owners that we have at Salons by JC. It's so many of them are committed to making their business better in every conceivable way, whether it be honing their skills and staying plugged into skills training, or whether it's business training and figuring out, okay, better products and ways to sell them and deliver them to their customers, um, or it's better ways to manage their book and, and have their time be more effective, how to raise their prices effectively without losing a lot of customers. Um, there's just all, there's all these great things that our sweet owners are doing on a daily basis. Um, that are just just fantastic stuff and that's where you should put your time and your thoughts um instead of trying to figure out what's going to happen with covid because no one no one can really predict that or a vaccine or what's going to be the, the outcome of an election or any of that stuff um now certainly we can act locally and do our own things to kind of uh you know things like vlm 52 where we feel like we can get a message out that's a positive one about um you know, some of the crazy things that are going on in the country. So, mm -hmm. 
Love that. You know, um, BLM 52 has been a welcomed labor of love for me for the reasons that you mentioned for sure. But what I really loved about you initiating this project and then asking me to be a part of it and the team in general is how easily you breathed life into it, so to speak. And myself and the corporate team just want to build the project's muscles and give it legs to carry the best of our intentions forward for sure. Uh, enjoy just talking to you, especially on this podcast and letting other people kind of get a glimpse of who you are um, and just hear your heart and voice behind what we're doing at Salons by JC from every support that we can offer to the franchise owners and the salon suite owners and just to kind of keep them focused, encouraged, um, just whatever we can do. And I'm really, again, so happy to be a part of that. So happy to be a part of that. You just, you just really, uh, I can't say it or stress it enough. Uh, not because I'm a Cosmo first for sure, but <laughs> because I just love when um, folks want to move forward and make things better and really want to find out what that means. And they're not afraid to do that. So again, thank you. I think you ended us well. I think you did. I think we can really kind of um, have a better viewpoint and understanding about BLM 52, about Steve Griffey, about the vision of salons by JC and all that we plan to do together. So thank you so much, Steve, for this interview. And can we invite you back again? Yeah, absolutely. I love these conversations. I think that you and I have a lot of passion for this industry and the people that we serve. And we have a lot of great conversations that I think people would love to, to be a part of. Um, so I, I appreciate the work you're doing. Uh, anybody that loves this industry and the people we serve as much as you do, I, I applaud you and I'm grateful for your for your service. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So uh, I guess you're going to tell me now it's time to get back to work, right? <laughs> for both of us. <laughs> right, for both of us. Thanks again, Steve. You take care. Thank you, Mona. Thanks for tuning in to the Salons by JC podcast. Tune in next time for another sweet success episode. If there's something you'd like to hear on a future podcast, send us a message. If you like what you've heard, follow us on your favorite podcast channel. For franchising opportunities or for more information on becoming a luxury Salons by JC suite owner, visit our website at salonsbyjc.com. Have the professional life you dream of and we'll help get you there. At Salons by JC, you're on your own, but never alone. So keep dreaming big. Until next time.